0: Let us pray together. Dear God, we thank you that with you, death is never the end of the story. We thank you that death is never the end of the story with you. And we ask that you would raise each of us up today to newness of life And that you would minister to each of us at our place of deepest need. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So we come to the Easter story here today. After the incredible disorientation and loss of these last two years of pandemic. For many of us, it has been a time of worry, anxiety, doubt, and uncertainty. It has also been, I think, for each of us, a time of deep reflection and rethinking of our lives, of our faith, and of our church. And because of all the different things that we have been through these last two years, I found myself noticing some new things in this old, old story. In particular, after Peter and John's amazing foot race to the tomb, and then when they inexplicably just go straight home, I felt my eye drawn instead to how Mary Magdalene is the only one who stays there. And how it is through her tears, through her tears that she's able to see more clearly than anyone else. Isn't that interesting? Our dear Mary Magdalene does not avert her eyes, does not deny the reality of death, does not run away from this terrible space of emptiness, loss, and unknowing. So dear friends like Mary, where do you and I find ourselves today weeping at the tomb? Weeping for the horrifying violence in Ukraine, Yemen, and Myanmar, and the refugee and food crises that they are unleashing. Maybe weeping for our planet and the environmental catastrophe that we're finding yet another reason to ignore. Weeping for our deeply polarized and divided nation weeping for the church, capital C, that so often feels like it is in free fall. Or maybe weeping for some brokenness in our own soul or in our circle of relationships in our lives. All week I've been pondering the mystery that it is to Mary Magdalene the one who stays in the place of tears to whom the risen Jesus appears. And it is through her tears that she becomes the one who first actually gets to see Jesus, to whom the risen Jesus appears, even though at first she thinks he is only the gardener. But in that moment, that dramatic moment when Jesus calls her by name, Mary, his voice cuts through her sorrow and deep calls to deep and she immediately recognizes him and calls out teacher and then in the days to follow as the risen Jesus continues to call to his followers by name. Mary, Peter, Thomas. We see a crushed community of doubters and betrayers and deniers being raised from the dead. We see them being formed into a new community of forgiven people who can't keep quiet about the new life that they have experienced. And slowly, this new community begins, begins to realize that God's love is the supreme power of the universe. Stronger than death or sin. Stronger than evil or violence. And they discover that nothing will ever be able to separate them ever again from the love of God. And nothing will be able to stop the flow of God's love into our world. Back then, or still today. In the words of Rachel Held Evans, God's love has the toughness to endure even the worst of humanity. God's love has the resilience to rise again, even when the world has declared it dead. And friends, it is for this love, that you and I were made. It is to share this love that you and I were made for. And so I believe in the words of a Wendell Berry poem you and I are called to become a people who practice resurrection together. Now, let me be very clear. Practicing resurrection has absolutely nothing to do with a kind of Pollyannish optimism that ignores the world's suffering. It has nothing to do with a romantic positivity that turns away from our world's pain. Quite the contrary, Wendell Berry says, be joyful though you have considered all the facts. Be joyful though you see the world clearly. And so dear friends, what we're talking about here is that we are a people who move toward those in our world who are suffering, not away from them. We don't avert our eyes. Like Mary, we see our world through tears. Maybe crying people are all, the only sane people on this planet right now. But here's the key here's the key. We do not focus on what is dying in our world, we see all the chaos. We see the collapsing structures, don't we? We see that so much around us feels like it is in free fall, but we do not focus on it. Instead, we scan our world. We scan our nation. We scan our church. We scan our own lives, and we look for what? is rising in the midst of the ruins. What is rising? We look for the places in our world where God is bringing good out of evil so wisely and so beautifully. We look for the places where joy is bubbling up, where love is emerging, where justice is breaking forth, where God is at work. And when we find these places where God is at work, where God is raising up new life, we join that. We give our energy to that, our lives to that, because this is what you and I, it's what we were made for. We practice resurrection. We practice resurrection together. Amen.